and Talk. Hello and welcome to Grow Up and Talk. This is Alex and we believe that eternities are changed when Jesus followers grow up in their faith. And one of the best ways to do this is by reading God's word, reading the Bible and talking about it. And here with me on the show today is one of my friends from seminary, uh, Caleb Waite. Caleb, welcome to the show. Thank you. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Caleb. Tell the people who you are. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, my name is uh, Caleb Waite, as you've heard, and I am currently serving as an associate pastor at Our Savior Lutheran Church in Bettendorf, Iowa. Uh, I graduated with uh, Alex, and so I've been here just over a year now. Um, and I, I serve in kind of a traditional associate pastor role, doing a lot of uh, preaching and teaching, um, as well as running fellowship and uh, human care areas of the church. But uh, right now, just just uh, trying to figure out a way to keep people connected. So thanks. Thanks for having me. Of course. And we are connecting with each other today over the readings from I forgot to put that in front of me. I'm all out of sorts today. First Chronicles. I know. All right. We are going through the readings today from August 29th through September 4th. Uh, and we are just going to cover First Chronicles 9 through 12 today. Uh, that's where we're going to focus on. And so let me give you a quick summary of these readings that are in our three-year Bible reading plan. Basically, chapter 9 of First Chronicles goes through... Uh, this genealogy of the the Israelites that are returning from exile, and it focuses a lot on the Levites and and those who work in uh, the temple and the house of God, the places of worship, and that's really interesting. And it also talks about Saul's family and uh, the death of of his his family uh, in the battle with the Philistines. Then it goes in chapter 11 to David being anointed the king. Uh, you kind of do some time jumps around here, um, and it kind of recounts how David makes Jerusalem the capital city. And then it goes through uh, these men, a list of men that surround David as his chief commanders and his, his warriors and officers uh, uh, before his reign as king and after he is anointed uh, king. And uh, so they are men that, that sur have surrounded David's life. And then in chapter 12, um, it kind of talks about um, some of those men who, who ended up joining David and kind of the origin story about how they uh, came to know David and uh, became some of his mighty men of, of valor that surrounded him. Um, and so anyways, that's the uh, Chronicles readings that we're covering today. So Caleb, what in particular stood out to you in these chapters? Uh, yeah, I mean, my first, my first thought was, wow, that's a lot of genealogy. <laughs> <laughs> that's what uh, everyone, that's what we always say when we read these lists of names. <laughs> and I would like to thanks, Alex, for this section. No, uh, <laughs> you're welcome. Um, but, but I think, I think the first thing that kind of stood out to me though, is, is just kind of, uh, you know, like the genealogies always seem to be, uh, long. And if you're like me, generally, I kind of skim and skip over them. Uh, but I think there's an important thing that can be thought about in genealogy. It's just kind of this idea that like that this faith is put into history. Uh, so, so it's not just some random thing, but we see that they track their history very well. And I kind of think that's kind of fascinating, even in Chronicles, uh, that they are recounting their history 
through through the kings. Um, so that's kind of that's kind of an interesting thing that they are very detailed in that. Yeah, I think we do this all the time, actually, without even realizing it. You know, I mean, think about Facebook, uh, think about uh, social media, think about photo albums. If you are old enough to remember having a photo album, um, that that is a joke, and I apologize for making you feel old. If <laughs> whoever's listening to that, um, but you know, we we chronicle our history all the time, and one of the things I like to emphasize is. Uh, you know, through Jesus, we have been Israelized, we have been made a part of the new Israel, and so this history of Israel is now our history. It's how God uh, worked through this particular group of people and through these individuals uh, throughout time, and uh, Chronicles is just a, it is, is one author's way of kind of compiling all of that historical information into one long account and kind of highlighting certain things. Another thing we mentioned uh, in maybe some previous episodes was was that when we uh, came upon the stories of David, uh, almost all the stories of David in Chronicles are positive stories. So they're going to be highlighting the positive features of David, um, which is not trying to deceive anyone. It's just making um, highlights. It's just kind of pointing the readers to the, the the good parts of, of David being uh, God's chosen king because he still did things and messed up stuff but um, he was God's chosen uh, king for that time and uh, the the ancestor of, of Jesus and so uh, this this author is kind of highlighting some of those more positive points of J- David's life because he is a man after God's own heart and um, mm-hmm. It kind of reminds me a little bit about how, you know, when God looks at us and our history because of Jesus, he is kind of, he is the author and perfecter of our faith. So he is the author that kind of rewrites how our story is seen by God. So, Yeah, absolutely. Anything uh, some, else? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. Uh, this is what happens when you're not face-to-face. Uh, well, yeah, something that was, like, striking to me as, as I was reading this uh, was at, at the end of chapter 10 uh, when when you get to Saul's, like, well, <laughs> after Saul's death. And, then, and it's kind of striking because, you know, since Jen, verse 13, you know, Saul died because he was unfaithful to the, to the Lord, right? He did not keep yeah. the word of the Lord and even consulted. So, so basically, like, it's, it's just, like, very cut and dry, like, Oh, well, why did Saul have to die? Well, because he was a sinner is basically is basically mm-hmm. what he's saying, and, and it's kind of to me like that's that's a striking reality because if you think about ourselves, uh, you know what we're no better than Saul, uh, and obviously we see throughout Scripture how uh, Saul in Saul's story and, and you know kind of David coming in, but at the same time it's striking because yeah. Uh, who isn't unfaithful to the Lord? Who doesn't keep His word? Um, you know, it says that He consulted a medium for guidance. Well, maybe we're not using mediums; we use yeah. a variety of other things, right? I mean, in, in the social media age, we have the the holy Google, right? The holy Google, uh, <laughs> where, where we, we where we seek uh, guidance and wisdom. Mm. Um, you know, the, right now is kind of the I don't know, a lot of people are talking about just the, the coronavirus, obviously, but you know, who do we consult for? <laughs> Uh, medical truth <laughs> and uh, a lot of people just go to webmd and think that that suffices <laughs> um and, and so it's kind of this thing where we, we yeah we we 
we look to a lot of other places for guidance and we like to keep God in his church box mm. uh, where he only has things to say about, you know, our what's in the Bible, right? It doesn't apply to the rest of our lives, which isn't true, obviously, as you know. Mm. Um, but just to see it so cut and dry, why did Saul die? Because he was unfaithful to his word. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's kind of one of the, explanations like that I give to the uh, I guess preschoolers uh, preschool has started up again here at Messiah and um, you know I, one of the ways I explain sin is sin is all the bad stuff that we see in the world and all the bad stuff that we do um, mm-hmm. and uh, that is the reality you know the wages of sin is death um, I'm I'm kind of wondering you know when I was looking at that part with the breach of faith because um, it mentions that twice, once with the Israelites um, who were mm-hmm. taken into exile, and then another time with, with Saul. Uh, they, it says mm-hmm. they had a breach of faith. So, and while we are like them in the sense that we are, we are unfaithful, um, we have sinned, um, and we will suffer the consequences of that, I guess my question is, you know, how do we know uh, whether or not we have you know, how do we know we're secure in, in Christ, I guess? You know, um, when people look at a passage like this, they might think, well, oh, so d- does that mean that certain things in my life have happened because I did something wrong or God is punishing me, punishing me for that? Um, how, how would you, like, go about answering that question or pointing people to the place that they can... Uh, rest their confidence in knowing that while we may sometimes be unfaithful to God, our faith is still the gift that, um, that, that we're still secure in that faith. If you know what I'm kind of getting at. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and so I was, you know, we don't often think of, uh, we, we kind of think about Jesus when we talk about David, uh, mm. obviously because he's kind of along the line and we don't really think about Saul very often. Uh, but actually as I read that last a sentence or two, my mind immediately went to Jesus. And it's, it's because, and so Saul died because he was unfaithful to the Lord. And then you jump down and it says, so the Lord put him to death uh, mm. and, and turned the kingdom over to David. Right. Uh, and so then you kind of can make this jump to Jesus, but in Jesus, you have kind of this archetype of Saul who Jesus, who was completely faithful, completely obedient to the father's will. Uh, completely held to God's word, uh, and he, when he when he needed guidance, he would call out to his father. He, he did all of these things, and and what was Christ's reward? Uh, <laughs> death, right? And I kind of find that super fascinating in uh, how how we see for for Saul in his unfaithfulness, he is dead, but in Christ and in his in his faithfulness, it leads him to death, and that is that is our death. And then so we see that we're bound to Christ in our baptism. And so Christ's faithfulness, which brought him death, right, uh, is our faithfulness now, which will bring us life. Yeah. And I mean, that, that I mean, that's just the most hope you can have. That's just beautiful. Um, and, and, and maybe I, I took some exegetical liberties there, but I still think <laughs> that that's super cool. Right. I mean, <laughs> uh, I think it's just yeah. beautiful how how, yeah, you kind of see Christ churning this around in his faithfulness in his obedience he died the same death that that saul died Mm. but his death actually was for our benefit 
Yeah, I like I I like that you pointed out the reversal uh, that, and, but also thinking that Jesus died the the same death that Saul died, um, but brought about um, that that change, brought about life from that. So awesome. Um, something I found uh, really interesting, kind of going back to um, kind of the surface details of uh, these passages, were. Um, uh, kind of in, in chapter 9, I think it's verse 28, where it says, it, it kind of describes some of the, uh, the I guess, the jobs uh, that these men had who would uh, live on the temple grounds or uh, work in the house, the place of worship, the house of God. It says some of them had uh, charge of the utensils of service, for they were required to count them when they were brought in and taken out. So, like... It, it was just striking to me that, you know, there wasn't, they didn't just, just take everyone's word for it. There was still, there were still systems of accountability uh, in the house of God, in the places of worship, uh, even for these, um, these leaders, uh, they, they held each other accountable. It was just a small little way of, um, I think God just, showing his his law and and imprinting his law in in the lives of his people where they had to mm-hmm. make sure they didn't take anything for themselves and that they were honoring God with the I guess the utensils or equipment that he had given <laughs> yeah. them for a reason you know so I found that really interesting and I also uh, found it interesting that um, a lot of it seems like these Levites and and other I guess uh, I guess you can call them church workers, uh, were living yeah. on the grounds. So like, mm. it would be like if we lived in our church buildings and well, I guess there used to be parsonages a lot more often, but yeah, true. Um, but it gets creepy in the church. At <laughs> uh, let me tell it you, does. It no... does. I, I agree. <laughs> well, this is such a, uh, like a cool vocational calling, uh, that you see in, and like anytime they're talking about like the tabernacle, but even in this yeah. with like the utensil counting, like, can you imagine that? Like, oh, you're going to, you're, we want you to work for the tabernacle. Like, you can just imagine some like college kids like, oh, great. I can't wait. Like, what am I going to do? You're going to count the utensils uh, <laughs> afterwards. And, uh, and, and that's what they get to do. And uh, ministry, I think that speaks to like the Christian life a little bit of like, mm. it's not always exciting. Uh, actually the Christian life can seem rather mundane and, uh, quite quite boring sometimes uh but it, it's to god's glory and i think that that's a beautiful thing yeah. uh even counting utensils i guess <laughs> <laughs> i think it was like what luther maybe this is like a a, a a luther quote that we think luther quoted but i don't know if he really said it but he said like <laughs> that changing diapers is is holy or something like that oh it better be because yeah i hope be. so um, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I hope it yeah. is. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, you kind of started getting into the doctrine of vocation. So if you could um, t- tell our list, just kind of explain for our listeners, um, what is what is uh, the definition of vocation? Because usually we think of vocation as like our jobs and our occupations, but it's really more than that. So can you kind of give us a description of that? And then uh, we can talk about how god uses our vocations well yeah sure uh i mean 
and if, if, if I go astray, correct me too, Alex. Uh, but I mean, Luther kind of Luther defines vocation, and the language I believe that he uses um, is that he kind of calls them stations in life. Okay. Uh, which which I like stations, kind of like where you mm-hmm. where you have been positioned, where have you been put? Because when you're stationed, you kind of think military, right? You're stationed somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, you generally don't have a, a choice when you're stationed somewhere. That's just where you've been put, where God has called you. Um, so, so for example, I mean, Alex, you, you have multiple stations in life. So what are your vocations? Well, you're a, you're a husband, yeah. uh, you're a father, you're, uh, you're my friend. So you're a friend, uh, do you, do you, have, you have siblings, right? You're a brother. Yeah, I have a you're sister. A, yep. Yeah. So you're, you're, so you're a brother, you're a son, mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and then even more so you're, you're a pastor mm-hmm. and, uh, I'm sure you teach. So you're, you're a teacher, uh, uh, uh to people, um, and so, so, so you're all of these things. You can kind of go down the list of, of all of these places where you are responsible to people mm-hmm. and it's, it's your duty to fulfill the obligations that those uh, positions kind of require. So, you know, when you're preaching a sermon, uh, you would be you would you would be neglecting your vocation if you didn't prepare for it kind of a thing. Right. You'd be neglecting your job um, if you're working. 90 hours a week, you, you probably aren't, aren't being a very good husband or father because you're probably not having a ton of time for your family. And this is me telling you, if you, you should spend time with your family, right? Um, There's that account of, that temple accountability <laughs> program again. That's right. But yeah, and that's, that's, and, and, and so even so as a friend, right, we would say, a good friend would say, if you see someone, you know, the, not taking care of themselves or their family, a good friend would say, you need to take care of yourself. Um, yeah. not saying that you aren't, but the, the, the example being, <laughs> you know, is that, you know, you need to, uh, we, we need to be, be responsible for the, the people that are in our lives and the stations that we live. Um, yeah. So, so and like you said, changing diapers is holy. Uh, yeah. As a father or, or a mother, um, your duty is to change your kid's diaper and, uh, and if you and do it joyfully and to their benefit and to care for your children. Um, so, so I have a vocation is a really good way to talk about what a lot of people like to talk about calling and mm. calling is, is an okay thing to talk about, but I don't think it hits at everything because if something's not your calling, it doesn't mean it's not your vocation and, and your right. station in life. Um, yeah. Cause you got to do some jobs, some things that you, you don't always want to do. Um, and like yeah. you said, sometimes you yeah. just don't choose it, you know. Um, I am not prepared to be changing diapers again. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, by I October fifteenth, I'm gonna have to start changing diapers again. Um, but yes. yeah, but um, yes. and something to kind of bring into that conversation too is you said, um, you know, or I guess we've talked about this before, but you know, all all vocations or stations and roles that we have are spiritual ones because they are given to spiritual people. Um, and a verse I think in, in the passages that we read uh, for uh, from first Chronicles that really highlights this is uh, chapter 11, verse nine. Um, it says, and David became greater and greater for the Lord of hosts was with him. And so it's really a mm. uh, God that was directing every role and every situation that David found himself in. It was really God that was kind of directing the lives of his people as he brought them back into exile and directing all the gatekeepers and utensil counters and, and priests and the temples and, and all of that. It's really um, everything we do 
even the mundane things, even the things that don't seem significant are significant mm-hmm. to God because he's the creator. He's overseeing those things and we are put in those positions because he's the one ruling over that. He's he's orchestrated it. And so I think that would that can be a helpful way of thinking about uh, some of those tasks that we have um, that we don't always like or maybe wonder if this is really meaning anything or, or is significant uh, or we think that maybe we're more on the, um, you know, we're, n- we're not really s- a spiritual person. We just do these mm-hmm. particular jobs. But actually, those jobs or roles or things are spiritual. They are meaningful uh, to God because he's put you in that spot. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you kind of hear this all the time of people who are like searching for their purpose. Yeah. Uh, or they're, they're searching for their meaning of life. And this, that for Christians, it's kind of like, well, look no further. Uh, <laughs> look what God is, where God has put you, right? Where has he set you? Um, if you're, uh, and any, if you're doing anything, right? If you're, if you're, uh, uh, maybe this is kind of often with teenagers, right? Who are kind of trying to figure out their life. Yeah. Uh, talk, if you're, if you're a parent, it'd be good to talk to your kids about where God has put you. Uh, are you friends with, do you have friends? Do you, are you in, are you an athlete? I don't have any friends. Um, <laughs> you have one at least so <laughs> you have one you have one friend uh, uh and, and i guess you don't have friends uh you know that that just your station is to maybe go and make some friends and uh, tell them about jesus uh, quite frankly um but to be a good friend is to witness to someone even if you're not explicitly saying oh come to church with me uh or have you heard about jesus but just like loving your neighbor in itself is fulfilling that station that is your purpose right our purpose is to uh, is is to, to live the life God has set before us according to His will, all to the glory of His kingdom, and then also to proclaim His truth to people in Jesus. So, uh, don't look too far for your purpose, because I think it's right in front of us, uh, especially Christians who who have God's word um, revealed to us. Amen. Preach it, brother. Preach it. <laughs> yeah. So I don't want to get too preachy. So. <laughs> wow. I thought it was a really good um, application uh, because in these four chapters, you know, we see the lives of people literally being played out uh, in front mm-hmm. of us, and mm-hmm. um, it's really no different today. Um, the difference is just in the technology, just in the cultural uh, way of life and, and those kinds of things, um, but God and the way that he uses his people uh, is no different uh, for his purposes. So everything that we do has a purpose. I like that you said, you know, if you're looking for your purpose in your, in your life, look no further. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, and I also like how you pointed us back to, uh, looking to God's word for guidance. So, uh, anything else that you want to touch on today, uh, with these passages before we, uh, take a break? Uh, I think that uh, for me, those were kind of the things that, that popped out in my mind um, that I saw uh, in between all of the names. Those those little moments were, were kind of the ones that I, I noticed. So, yeah, all right, that's about all I have. Well, take a look at uh, the list of names, listeners, um, and think of some really crazy baby name ideas for me. And we will be <laughs> right back after a short break.
All right, welcome back. I hope you have picked out a new name for my son that's coming into the world soon. And um, just email that to growupandtalkpodcast at gmail.com and let me know what you think. Uh, In the meantime, uh, as we close our um, episode for today, uh, Caleb, we we touched on a lot of uh, really strong application of how uh, the stuff we see in these passages can mean something to our lives today. We talked about uh, looking to God's word for guidance, uh, seeing the the places and the roles that he's He's put us in. So I want to ask you, um, as a brother, just wanting to hear from you personally, um, have there ever been times where you've struggled with the vocation that you've that you have in your life, or maybe even struggled with the balance between those roles or stations that God has given you? <laughs> uh, yeah, actually, it's funny, because I was just talking to someone about this yesterday. Um, I'll show the story. That's fine. I don't really care if people hear it. Uh, so so it's actually back to back to the second night that Nora, my daughter Nora, was uh, alive. So it was the second mm. night after she was born. And uh it was so, so supposedly they say that the second night in the hospital is the worst night for, for new parents. Uh, maybe they were just trying to make me feel better. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I was binge watching uh, stranger things at that point. So I, I, I mean, I, yeah, so was, I was, I was, I mean, I was, <laughs> I was binge watching uh, stuff because uh, in the hospital, when you're holding the baby, uh, you cannot be asleep. That's the deal. Uh, and Nora did not want to sleep in the little plastic box they put the baby in, which <laughs> why would you want to sleep in that in the first place? Uh, so so obviously, because Kara did my wife, Kara, who did all the work, uh, I, she was sleeping and I was uh, holding Nora because she was sleeping. And uh, and it was it was a really long night. Uh, and the next day, well, my parents had been there for, for a day and they stopped it and then they, they left uh, and I had had very little sleep, and uh, I, I, I'm really not a crier. I don't cry a whole lot. But when my parents left, uh, I just remember having Nora in my arms, and they left, and I just started crying because I was like, "What have we done?" <laughs> uh, as I look at my beautiful daughter, obviously who I love, but in this very like brief moment of time, it was this 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 kind of I don't know if it's doubt. Uh, or, or if it's, if it's just, uh, maybe it's doubt of just like, oh, do, do we really, do, do we really want to be parents? Um, mm. which, you know, the answer is yes. But in that moment of like, you know, I was tired, I was stressed out. My parents just left. It was like, we're all alone with this human and, uh, it's up to us to keep it alive. And whatever that means for me, I mean, sacrificing other things, uh, it was just all kind of hit me at once of uh, this free, this fear, uh, maybe a failure. I don't know. That kind of maybe for a brief moment say, "Oh, is this really what I want to do?" <laughs> Not that I had a choice, but right. um, yeah, oh, yeah, I think. I mean, I I think that that's kind of like they they get left. Yeah, I think it's that that is like a good example of. Oh, I'm not sure about this position that I've been put in. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I just. Yeah, it's not what I don't want to be a parent. It just happened. And, you know, then I reassured myself that a lot of people uh, have raised children and they're okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's, that's a good reminder, I think. Yeah, man. Dude, thanks for sharing that. I know how you feel. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, that's a really personal uh, story. And, and so thank you for sharing that and just kind of oh, yeah. giving us an idea of, of how that plays out in, in, in life. Uh, I think for me, there's, this isn't, you know, so personal, but um, some one vocation that I really struggle with is being a citizen of the country. <laughs> you know? uh, I hear you. We don't need to get too deep into this, but yeah, my struggle is that it gets so exhausting. You know, we are coming up on an election season. We it gets so exhausting just you know hearing all the back and forth, hearing all the messages and everything uh, seems to get so politicized. Uh, I frankly things that shouldn't be. Uh, shouldn't have a political agenda get a political agenda placed on them. And that's Mm -hmm. just, sometimes that's heartbreaking, sometimes that's frustrating, sometimes that's just exhausting. And it just seems like a lot of work to go and, like, research all this stuff because, you know, I want to be an informed citizen, and I believe that that's being an informed and uh, good citizen of the community is uh, is a role that God has given to us. Mm -hmm. And... um, you know, I want to do what I can, I guess, to um, be informed and uh, go and and be involved in uh, the life of the community, but the life of the country as well that I've been born into. Um, and sometimes that's really hard for me because it just gets tiresome. It gets um, exhausting and you just kind of uh, don't always want, I don't always want to put in the work uh, to do yeah. that really well. Um, yeah. So... That's an that's an area that I, I really struggle with um, because I'm thinking I just want to focus on my other vocations. And yeah, not and worry I think about that, this. Yeah, and I think that brings up a really good point. Of I think a lot of times we feel the tension of our stations in life mm-hmm. when they kind of come to a head with each other. Yeah, um, and I think like this. I mean, I'm kind of with you. This politics stuff is not to talk and just stress on it, but I think the example is that there's certain things that kind of butt heads with each other. Um, I mean, you could use the example of sometimes being a good husband um, means you don't get to go see to your families for Christmas, right? Yeah. And uh, you go to you go to your spouse's families for Christmas, and, and at the time it might seem like you're being a bad son. Um, and, and I mean, a lot of couples uh, bicker about holidays and who they're going to spend it with, and it's because you have these two these two stations in life kind of intersecting, and uh, eventually one is going to win over and depending on which one you value more, uh, I would recommend maybe going to your wife's family for Christmas, but, uh, uh, you know, or work that out. But like, I don't even know who has what year this year. So I got to figure that out. Is there Christmas this year? I do not know. Uh, I hope there is. Uh, but, uh, um, but that's kind of the example, right? Is where, where these, these vocations kind of collide. And I think we see that as Christians too, uh, in America, where where it's like, well, well, how does my Christian faith and my uh, my duty as a citizen, how do they work together, and what happens when they collide? Um, I think that's another example of just this is where the whole, you know, which well, which station in life is uh, ultimately more, I don't know, more important, but more right. more important in a way. Yeah, um, sometimes vocate certain stations take precedence over others. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think real quickly about um, Jesus, you know, the guy who said, you know, I want to first say goodbye to my family. I want to follow you, Jesus. Mm. I want to first say goodbye to my family. And mm-hmm. 
you know, when I read that, I'm like, Jesus. I mean, like, <laughs> not like that. I'm like, <laughs> uh, kind of like that. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Uh, but now I, now I know where people get that from. But it's like, Jesus, like, come on, man. Like, just the the guy's a family man. Like, let him go. <laughs> Kiss his mom goodbye. Like, come on. Yeah. Um, but that really is, you know, Jesus saying, you know, your vocation, your identity as a child of God, comes before everything. Um, you know, and, and yes, you, you know, you've been given these stations, but if, if anything were to conflict, you know, between listening to this person over here or listening to God and those two conflict, you're, you're going to choose God, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, anyways, so that was interesting, uh, that first Chronicles chapter nine through 12 took us off on that tangent on vocation but i think uh it really does um kind of stem from that um and especially Mm -hmm. uh, i like what you mentioned at the beginning of you know looking to god's word for guidance and how um you know saul did not do that he looked to other places but um Mm -hmm. how this kind of paints the picture of david looking to god and relying on god and how god goes with him and it's no different for us today so uh, thanks, man, for uh, talking yeah. about God's Word together. I think we grew a little bit in our faith. Um, I think. Uh, I think. Can, can, I, can, I, can I take us one more place? Because yes, I take just us one more place. It. And, and uh, then I'm going to ask I, you a weird question. Okay, well, I, I, it goes back to something <laughs> you had said. And uh, on our break, I was thinking about this. Because I was like, yeah, well, he said this thing. And I'm like, well, this is kind of a cool thing. So, Because you said at the beginning, we are talking about the names. And we got to do something with these names because it's so much of it. So we got to give all people right. a little something with the names because if they're going to read them all they deserve uh, something so you okay. said uh um <laughs> you know that, that this is this israel's history is our history and uh sounds really good and then i thought more about it and i'm like that is really good uh because we oftentimes think of scripture as this thing that has nothing to do with us directly mm. uh it's kind of this removed story of these people in a far off distant land uh, you know, a long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away kind of thing. A long, long uh, time yeah. ago <laughs> in a galaxy far away. Uh, uh, yes, I mean, it, it's kind of going Star Wars theme there, but you took that a different direction, which is okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but we kind of think it, it's so far removed from us. So when you said, well, this history is our history, it also kind of shot me forward. Uh, to the book of Acts in the early church, where where scripture kind of comes to a close in a way. Yeah. Uh, and, and oftentimes we think like, okay, well, that's the end. Right? That's it. This is this is what God has given us here. Um, and then the story ends at the end of Acts with Paul and in and, and, and Rome. Um, but when you say that this history is our history, it also reminds me that the future of the church, um, the future of God's people, israelites and onward uh, is actually still our future and it's it's you know we're we're living this continuation of of the history of the church the history of the israelites and we're continuing this on uh and and when we go and tell people about jesus we're doing the same thing that that paul was doing Uh, when we're talking to people about uh, god's word and and uh, remaining as faithful to him we're doing the same thing that david was doing and kind of this just cool like we're continuing to live on this, this history. Yeah. That to me is kind of actually profound to think like 
wow, how cool is that, that we are actually among this group of people? We are in the list of names. Yeah. Written in the Book of Life. That's right. In in the history of the church. And um, that's also known as Third Chronicles, everyone. Um, (laughs) Anyways. Yeah, thanks for uh, touching on that, too, um, because sometimes... Let's be honest. We never know what to do with the list of names. Um, I don't even read them. So. <laughs> <laughs> I listen. Um, sometimes what I do is I will listen to um, uh, the scripture on my Dwell Bible app. It's kind of mm. like this uh, audio sort of like it's like an app designed just for listening to the Bible. So you don't act, you're not able to actually read, but it kind of has different playlists. Um, that they make up f- according to different themes in the Bible. It's really mm-hmm. cool, um, and they have mm-hmm. custom music uh, for all of it, but you can always just go to the passage that you're looking for as well. So sometimes I just listen to that, and that helps me stay focused enough to get through some of the reading because uh, I'm, yeah. I'm still working on building up my habit of reading. But for anyone, yeah. reading a list of names is uh, not always um, the most invigorating thing. So. <laughs> But I do think that our discussion today was interesting, so thank you um, for for uh, being on the show. And one yeah. way that we like to end is with a random question. So my random question for you is, what is the most embarrassing thing that you've ever worn? Oh, that I've ever worn? Oh, man. Uh <laughs> I think it was when I was uh, younger, I pretended to be a Packers fan and I wore a Brett Favre jersey. Uh, uh, and as a Minnesotan, that, that's looking back, that's not uh, the greatest thing you could do. That's uh, <laughs> probably not the most embarrassing thing I've ever worn, <laughs> but it brought my family some shame. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, I mean, I, I don't know. Uh, other than that, that's kind of where my mind initially went. Uh, when I first got here, though, at, 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 uh, at our savior it was like vbs week was like two weeks away and and i would have the uh the privilege of uh wearing one of those like nine foot tall blow up inflatable polar bear costumes uh and the kids <laughs> loved it which was really great but i mean you know that's not what you expect to do with your second week as a pastor <laughs> congratulations you made it out of the seminary now here's your polar bear costume now dance monkey dance right yeah yeah <laughs> Exactly. Um, what's the awesome. most embarrassing thing you've ever worn? All right, uh, Alex. So this happened when I was younger as well. Um, and I was in kindergarten and, um, one day I had a bit of an accident, um, a bit of an accident on the floor. And, uh, you know, the teacher of course was always prepared or at least I thought. And, uh, I went to the back room and she, you know, looked through the uh, spare clothes and spare pants, and uh, apparently there had been several accidents by many other kids uh, in the recent past. So the only clothes that were available, or the only pants that were available, were these green uh, pants. They were kind of like tights, really, and they had pink roses on them. They were Beauty and the Beast princess <laughs> pants. And uh, th- they were the only ones available. And uh, I, j- I still remember that. I still remember that. And my mom picked me up. 
And she said, you know, I am so sorry. I absolutely, we have to go to the grocery store on the way home. (laughs) I "I can't just stay in the car. I don't, I don't even hardly remember that, but I remember that she, um, took me into the store and I had those pants on still. So I'm sure you looked beautiful. (laughs) I'm sure it was just gorgeous. Hey, thanks for listening today. Uh, you can email any questions or comments to grow up and talk podcast at gmail.com. Uh, thanks for listening along with us and exploring God's word together. Caleb, thanks for uh, coming along this journey with us. Thanks for having me. Anytime I get to talk to you, Alex, I'm up for it. Awesome. That's what I like to hear. We will <laughs> talk with you next time on Grow Up and Talk.